Welcome to our podcast. We're so excited to have you along for this journey. My name is Anne Madison, and I'm the Executive Director of Peace Restored. I'll be your host as we discuss mental health and faith in our podcast, Seeking Healing and Finding Hope, which is a production of Peace Restored, a 501c3 nonprofit located in Indiana and serving women everywhere. Today, I have Becca Gilmore joining me in the studio to continue our conversation on boundaries. Becca is on staff with us at Peace Restored on our care team. She provides one-on-one care and is a group facilitator. Additionally, she is attending, currently attending Liberty University, pursuing her degree in counseling. Welcome back, Becca. Thank you. Yeah. So this has been, um, for our audience listeners, if um, they haven't been following us, we have, we have quite a few um, podcasts that we've done so far on boundaries. And so we're following the book by Henry Cloud and Townsend on boundaries. Um, but this last time we got together, um, we talked about teens in the digital age specifically. Um, and so for our listeners, if you can go back and do a quick recap of that and what that entailed, um, and then if they're interested, hopefully they'll go back and listen to that podcast. So, Yeah, so last episode, we talked a little bit about setting an example for your teens and for your kids mm-hmm. in the area of technology and um, showing them what healthy boundaries look like. Um, and then also looking for signals from your teens, depending mm-hmm. on how um, their behaviors might change and no, really knowing your kids um, to know what they're capable of handling mm-hmm. and what they're not and using the law of sowing and reaping to implement some principles. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully um, if you have a teenager and that's something of interest to you, or if you know, want to know more about technology and how to set appropriate limitations for yourself, we'd encourage you to go back and listen to that episode um, to be able to learn more about how to set proper limitations for yourself in the world of digital technology. But today we're going to be talking more uh, about boundaries again, um, but in a, in a different um, topic or a different area because there's so many aspects to boundaries and how they affect us. But this one is specifically going to be on about boundaries and ourself. And so we, I'm just going to put out there for um, our listening audience, um, we are going to do our best to be very gentle during this um, conversation. But there might be things that come up that may poke at you a little bit or it may feel a little, um, maybe a little too much. Um, but we would encourage you that if it does feel overwhelming today or, um, when we're talking about this to just pause the podcast, maybe take a minute, take a break and then come back when you're ready. Um, because I think, uh, if there's something that is being triggered or poked at, that might be an indication of something you need to go a little bit deeper in. And so just, uh, we'd encourage you just to come back at the time that's right for you if you have some that you're working with from a, a counseling or therapeutic standpoint, make sure you take the content that we're talking about. If it is, like we said, um, affecting you, uh, take that into your counseling session and say, man, I was listening to this podcast and it's really bringing some things up that I need to work through. Yeah. So with that, um, there's a quote that I, um, yeah, that I wanted you to kind of read for us to kind of get us started off when we think about ourselves yeah so the quote is we have met the enemy and he is us yeah 
that is can feel like a loaded statement. Um, so hopefully as we kind of go through today, um, I wa- I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that quote, but I want you to kind of maybe think about that as we're talking today. What does that mean for myself? Um, are there things that I'm doing that I need to, I need to address? So when we think, when we start to think about ourselves and boundaries, um, we some we might be tempted to think about what does it mean for others and how they affect us. But that's not what we're going to be doing today, is it? No. Today we will be looking at our own internal boundary conflicts. Mm-hmm. So again, as we said at the beginning, we're going to be as gentle as we can during this conversation. But there's going to because we're going internally. Yeah. our own internal conflicts, there's going to be some things that might be a little hard for us to hear. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first point that we w- we're going to address or kind of delve into is what we're going to call the out-of-control soul or what they call in the book the out-of-control soul. So with that person, they may have some things that they need to work on internally. They might not have a lot of self-control. They might not feel a whole completely fulfilled. Might not feel happy. Mm-hmm. Might not be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the first things that we think about are, that comes up, I think that's probably common across the spectrum when we think about self and that control aspect is food. Yeah. Food is a big one. It is. Yeah. It's, it's easy to turn to food for comfort, to mm-hmm. overeat, excess carbon take, all that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So easy, and um, it can feel satisfying in the moment. Yeah. Um, to go towards something that we can have access to, but often when we do that overeating behavior or um, use it for comfort, in the long run, it can bring shame or self-contempt. Yeah. So when we think about someone who likes to who tends to overeat, what happens to that person when they become when they overeat? Well, they'll become overweight. Mm-hmm. And then they, like you mentioned, feel overwhelming shame for their behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you do overeat, I usually the food serves a sense of a false boundary. Mm. They use the food to maybe avoid intimacy. Mm-hmm. By gaining the weight, it might be a control thing. Um, purposefully becoming less attractive because it's mm-hmm. risky to put yourself out there. It might be easier just to rely on the comfort of food. Can be. Um, it can also be something that we do to almost self-medicate ourselves. Yeah. So, like, if um, you're feeling stressed, you might go eat a bag yeah. of chocolate. Yeah, and I know or, certain foods mm-hmm. provide uh, natural endorphins, mm-hmm. and so chemically your your brain is telling you you feel better. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, in the long run, it's it's causing you harm. Yeah. So it can be it can feel natural, but the overarching response to our body isn't helpful. Yeah. And so that could be confusing when we're trying to work through that because it feel, we might feel compelled or compulsion to go grab things. Um, I tend to be a comfort food person. 
Um, when I'm feeling high stressed, it's something I've had to work on for decades and get to a point to where um, I don't do it as frequently, but it's something that does come up. So if things are getting overly stressed in my life, I tend to just sit and numb, you know, gravitate towards certain foods. Yeah. And I, and I don't even realize I'm doing it at times. I've become more self-aware over times, but I think that's can become very normative for us because it becomes like this pattern of behavior. Mm-hmm. I think another pattern behavior that we don't talk about often in our culture today that can happen to people is the opposite of overeating, which is binging. Mm-hmm. And that's often one that we don't see because it happens in the privacy of your own home. Yeah. Overeating does, but it tends to show up yeah, more in um, obvious ways than binging might. When we think about binging, binge eating, what is a, a benefit that somebody gets from that experience? So yeah, for binge eaters, there's definitely that sense of control, mm-hmm. and there might not be those after effects of gaining weight. Yeah, because ultimately you're mm-hmm. taking care of that problem, right? Right. So you can get the initial feeling or the initial comfort of the overeating, if you will. Yeah. But also, you don't feel, it's like, oh, well, I'm okay because I didn't. Nobody can tell. Nobody can tell that I was overeating, right? Yeah. Because now I'm releasing those calories back out. Yeah. And so there's this, it can feel like you're doing something good for yourself, but in essence, you're not. It's very, it's a very negative response for your body. Your body does have responses that it has but we don't we can't get into all that today but I think it's for us to recognize that there's both sides yeah of this dynamic of the eating process and how food affects us because food can affect us um food's very important we need to have it we're not saying don't eat but we need to find those healthy limits of what that looks like um we're not saying that maybe you are a person who you know certain food does bring you comfort but you need to know like hey I can have one brownie, yeah. right? And that's my limit. Like, I can't eat a whole pan. You know, that's probably not healthy, right? Unless your pan is the size of a cup, you know. Kind of personal pan. Yeah, yeah. That might be different. But in general, we're not going to be, eat, you know, we have to know what that, that limitation looks like. Because if we don't, that's where we're going to cross over yeah. into the, an unhealthy dynamic. Yeah. So... While food is a really sensitive topic for us, probably our next topic might be even more sensitive for a lot of people, which is the topic of money. Yeah. Um, I cannot think of a conversation I've had with people, with a person ever, where somebody's been like, oh, money, let's, let's, unless they have like a overabundance of money, but typically um, talking to someone about money or spending money, not spending money, all those things can bring in a lot of emotions and yeah. Yeah. Some examples of some boundaryless areas um, for some could be impulse spending, careless budgeting, mm. having credit problems, living beyond one's means, always borrowing from your friends or yes. always bailing somebody out of mm-hmm. poor financial decisions. Yeah. Um, and those are just a few. Yeah, yeah, so money 
can cause a little bit of friction or conflict in a relationship if we don't know, again, how far we're willing to go with somebody yeah. with money. So if we take one of those examples, which is um, lending, lending or borrowing money, if we know ahead of time how far we're willing to go with somebody in that area, like I maybe you have a, a limit. I will only lend no more than $250 to a person. Yeah. Um, I, I talked to somebody once that um, they would lend money out to their friends or family, but they would they had the expectation that once they gave it out, that it was a gift. Yeah. So the person might have asked for it to borrow, but for them, that individual that was giving it, the limitation or the kind of the expectation they put on themselves was, I don't want this to be a loan. I want it to be a gift. Yeah. And they had the means to do that, and so they would do that. And so that took away that conflict that could happen in that relationship if that other person didn't ever, could never give back. Yeah. But then I know people on the other side of that that's also said, okay, when I give X, Y, Z, you know, this money to you, I expect it to come back within a year. Yeah. And so setting up those clear limits and clear expectations is really going to help in that relationship. But often if we don't have those, it really sets us self up, ourselves up um, internally to have this battle with ourselves to say, you know, because it could be maybe you were the lender and you didn't set that expectation up of what you want. And internally now you have this dialogue that you have about that person, about yourself, yeah. about money. Yeah, or you keep giving to the same person mm-hmm. or multiple people, not setting that limit, and then they keep coming back for more, and you yeah. want to help them. but Yeah, because we have to recognize when we think about money, that money was God, God created all things. And money is one of those things within our system. And God created that to be a blessing to us um, and to others. Yeah. But when we don't use it properly, it becomes quite the opposite, just like food, right? Food is yeah. to be blessing to us, right? It's to, it's to nourish us, to do well for us. Money is to give us, it's a tool. But it can definitely cause um, some conflict internally if we don't use it properly. So what are the, some of the challenges that you see when we think about money and how it can affect people? I definitely think it would be tempting, or it is tempting, to see money problems as simply you just need more income. Mm-hmm. What can I do to get more income so that I have less money problems? Mm-hmm. Problem with that is you'll always need more money. Mm-hmm. You're, there's always something to pay for. It's always something happening. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Because as your often as your income elevates, so does your expectations. Your expectation. Yeah, your style of living, mm-hmm. what you feel like, yeah, just your expectations. Yep. Yeah, because if you're at one place, you might ex- you're at, you expect that you can do this level of living. Mm-hmm. But if your income goes to another level, now you're like, oh, I expect I should be able to do this. Or now because your demands in your life to get that level of income require more, there's an expectation that you should be able to Receive more. Receive more or do more. So there's a lot to that. So we have to really think through what is, again, what is it that we need? What are our limits? What are our expectations? Yeah. Because we don't want money to be our driver. Money shouldn't be the thing that leads us. Yeah. We should be the thing that leads our money. 
Yeah. And then who do you answer to if you have that mindset that you just need more money to solve the problem? Mm -hmm. But then how much time and energy is it costing you? Mm -hmm. How much time is it taking away from your family, your kids, or whatever relationships are in your life if you're spending all your time chasing after more money? Yeah. And just you create a whole other life for yourself. Yeah, so that you're you led right into our next topic, which is time, right? So yeah. time not only does it in kind of impede into the world of as you're talking about with our money, um, but time in general is something that we're constantly, I think, rushing or fighting against. Yeah. Um, I think it sometimes it can feel like time is fleeting. And so um, we have a lot that's pushed against us. We have our, in our, in our personal and work life, we have deadlines or yeah. calendars that kind of control everything that we're doing. Like we have to do this by this certain time or we have to be here at this time. So it can feel like there's just not enough time to get everything done. So when we think about time, what are, um, how can that kind of push against us um, on the interpersonal level and how can that really affect us when we think about time and the time di- dynamic and we have that internal battle maybe with it? Yeah, I think of um, a certain group of people that struggle with time. I know sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people always being on, on the edge of, or constantly on the edge of deadlines, they find um, the, oh, or they find the um, day getting away from them every day, mm-hmm. um, not having enough hours to accomplish their tasks. Um, I think everybody can think of somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always showing up late. Yeah. They don't know how to show up early. It's not a word in their vocabulary, right? Yeah. There might be some um, inner struggle with time management for that yeah. person. How do I manage my time well? Because sometimes when we can't, if we don't, again, know what we want in that dynamic, then it can be challenging for us to know, like, okay, for me, it's important to be on time. And so what does that look like? How do I set up my world to be able to do that, right? Um, And then also recognizing that how our time management affects others. Yeah, because whether they mean to or not, it does inconvenience others. Mm-hmm. Might not be something they're doing on purpose. Right. It can be seen as inconsiderate. Mm-hmm. It might be not respecting somebody else's time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, the way we have time can just affect so much. But I think when we don't, again, have those proper parameters around what we're doing with our time, then it can also bring in probably a level of shame or maybe self-contempt. And we have an internal dialogue. Gosh, I'm always messing up. I can never be on time. Look at me. I did it again. Yeah. Always trying to come up with an excuse to validate over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't help it. You know, I'm trying my best. But then you maybe beat yourself up internally. I did it again. I let everybody down. I think another temptation for somebody like this, you could fall into the thought, well, God made me this way. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but that, can't help it. Yeah, that, that excuses you from taking responsibility yeah. for it. And yeah. so 
I think it is really important to first kind of look at how much, what are your realistic expectations mm -hmm. of what you can accomplish in a given amount of time? Yeah. I think that's a struggle for people like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you try to cram too much in. Yeah. And realizing that it's okay to not be able to do everything. Or maybe it's just not now. Because there's a lot of, um, everything can sometimes feel like it's a good thing. Like you could have a lot of good things competing for your attention and your time. But that doesn't mean like right now you have to do everything. Don't have to say yes to everything. No. So it can be okay um, to say, you know what? I'm going to put a pause on that. And I think for those of us who are listening to the podcast that, believe, that are believers, and that's a really good time for us to be praying and saying, asking the Lord's wisdom and guidance on what should I be taking on? What is it okay for me to let go of? Because sometimes it just does, we don't know until we really sit in that space and seek wisdom. Because um, like I said, there could be just so many things that's coming at us. It's like, oh, this is all good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these people live in the present so much, right, that mm -hmm. they don't plan ahead for obstacles in their way. Mm -hmm. And so part of not being able to find parking, mm -hmm. um, you don't plan ahead for possible traffic, things like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. And so you can convince yourself, well, these are all things that weren't my fault. Yeah. So at times when we don't really know how to really set up those time-limited self-boundaries, um, we might end up, like we talked about before, not just frustrating ourselves, but those around us, right? And I think that's really important for us to recognize that because sometimes I think we can get in our own space where we think um, that, oh, I'm running late. It's, I mean, it's just me. I mean, how's it really going to, I mean... It's going to, yeah, it's going to make my day a little out of order, but it only affects me. Yeah, because it doesn't. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not the truth, right? So we have to stop and go, well, what is true? Well, if you're running, we'll say 20 minutes late to a doctor's appointment, well, most doctors won't see you that late, but mm -hmm. let's just say you were running 20 minutes late and the doctor saw you. Um, how is that going to affect that? that doctor's schedule that day and then how's it going to affect the next patients and then the staff of the doctor's office yeah and then, and then you'd be running late for your next yeah on your schedule yep which would then cause the other person for that to be running late mm -hmm. as well and all of the ripple effects the yep. people that it affects i was also thinking like you said the ripple effects i'm thinking like the staff of the doctor's office, but then that's going to affect the staff's family. Maybe they need to get home by a certain time to be able to do something with their kids. But now because office is running 20, 30 minutes behind, they're going to be late to something in the evening. And I mean, it's just, it continues on and on sometimes into the next day, it can continue that ripple effect. And so sometimes we have to look beyond ourselves to see how much, our lack of having our own self-control can affect others. And ultimately, people would end up maybe not scheduling with you anymore or you mm -hmm. lose the opportunity of those relationships. Yeah. You don't seem trustworthy to come mm -hmm. on time. 
And if you're realist or you're consistent, consistently not on time, people will begin to expect that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think this has been a really good conversation for us to kind of start when we're talking about in this area of kind of self-awareness and boundaries within ourselves. Um, But this is only part of the conversation. We have quite a bit more to cover. Um, But we'll go ahead and um, end this conversation for day. And then next time we come back in studio, we're going to go ahead and go into the next part of that series. Um, But I, I, I love what we've talked about so far and be able to really think about how our time our our behaviors really money and food those all those areas really affect us yeah and so it's really important for us to look at how what we need to do in those areas very specifically for ourselves because we can't just put all that on everybody else can we yeah we want to make sure that those things aren't controlling our lives Mm -hmm. but that we have control over it yeah absolutely so knowing where control needs to be will be really important and control in a positive way. Yeah. Because some things can feel like control. Like we talked about earlier, like binging, it can feel like control, but it's not the correct kind of control. False sense of it. Yes. Right. False sense. I love that. So again, thank you guys for listening today. If you haven't um, heard our other podcast on this series and boundaries, we'd encourage you to go to any podcatcher and, and listen and find those. And again, be sure to make sure to share these with other people and um, like even comment on these because we'd love to hear your guys's feedback we really would um, to hear what you're thinking and maybe questions you have um, if these are th- if these podcasts are bringing up things within yourself that you need to work on we'd encourage you to find um, one some someone to talk through this with if you don't already have a counselor but in the meantime if you'd like to learn more about peace restored or how to learn more about our services you can go to our website at peacerestored.net And don't forget to check out our show notes where you'll be able to find um, links and additional content. As we wrap our discussion today, make sure to stay tuned as we will continue to share with you practical ways where you too can seek healing and find hope. Join us on our next podcast where we'll continue to discuss mental health and faith. So come back next time for transformation, growth, and power. This is Peace Restored. Peace Restored.